Good morning and welcome to Morning Meditations, a five to ten minute meditation to get you thinking about what God might have for you in this new day. I'm your host, Pastor Nate Cook, so we hope you'll enjoy your meditation for this morning. Hey, this is Pastor Nate, and this is your morning meditation for this morning. So today we're reading from Matthew chapter 18, verse 15. It says, If another member of the church sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If the member listens to you, you have regained that one. But if you are not listened to, take one or two brothers along with you so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If the member refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen to even the church, let, son, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly, I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. So I want to get into something before we actually get into the content of the text about Scripture. And that is that there are generally three voices in Scripture. There is the voice of what's actually happening so story these stories about jesus are things that happened then there is the voice of the person who's writing it for their community now in the old testament that would be someone writing it for israel to read and the new testament it would be writers writing like matthew here writing for the church and then there's a third voice and the third voice is you and I. We're the eavesdroppers. We're the onlookers. And every once in a while those voices get a little mixed. And so I want to point out a couple things in this scripture that are interesting about it. I'm not saying it was added on later, um, although it kind of appears that. I haven't been able to find that as I've been looking at it. Um, but there's definitely something going on. Matthew's definitely writing to the church here more than just kind of recording history um, because first of all it says if a member of the church well if Jesus is saying this for there is no church yet when Jesus is still alive like the church hasn't grown up yet the church grew in the wake of Jesus resurrection and ascension and so he might be talking about the temple although I doubt it um, this definitely feels more like something Paul would write to an early church like it feels like it's talking about a small church community that tended to grow up after Jesus died. So there's a question mark for me as soon as I read it on is this authentic words of Jesus or is Matthew kind of writing in the spirit of Jesus here? And that happens all throughout scripture. If that bothers you, I don't know what to tell you other than you're just going to have to learn to deal with it if you really want to read scripture because it happens in scripture that the person writing it kind of editorializes it. Uh, writes their own kind of maybe version of it. And, and that is because people in these, these times did not think about history 
and science like we do. They weren't so concerned about facts and data uh, as we have been um, since the age of reason or the enlightenment. So that's only been a few hundred years ago. So when this was written, this wouldn't have been a big deal. But it definitely sounds like Matthew is talking more about the early church than about Jesus' disciples immediately. And then the second thing that bothers me in this text a little bit is that it says, it has Jesus saying, treat that person like you would treat a Gentile and a tax collector. Um, well, that really doesn't sound like the Jesus that we know. And so immediately when I read a, a text like this, my ears are perked up and I'm like, maybe this was Matthew kind of writing to the early church in the voice of Jesus. And I know that's going to bother some of you. But like I said, if you read the scripture too much, like so, so many people just have a little bit of scripture knowledge and that doesn't bring up too many questions. When you read the scripture a lot, you will have questions. If you don't, then you're not reading it very deeply. Um, and so it brings up some questions for me. Not saying I don't believe it, not saying I'm not going to listen to it, but I'm just saying, is this actually Jesus or is this someone writing in the early church? So that second voice, not the immediate thing that happened, but maybe the second voice. Um, and, and so this is a question we have uh, often in Scripture, is we need to listen to the three voices. Obviously, the third voice is us listening to the text. So, otherwise, what's written here isn't too bad. The only, the only thing I would have a little bit of a question about is this treating someone like a Gentile and a tax collector. So, the question is then, how should we treat the person? So, if this is Jesus, how did Jesus treat Gentiles and tax collectors? What it sounds like in the text is that you're, you're supposed to kind of distance yourself from them. So here's the actual text. The actual text is talking about um, when you have this kind of disagreement in the church, and, and here it feels like one person is kind of clearly in the wrong. They're, they've kind of strayed from the path. And when this person strays from the path, how do you handle it? When people in the church don't act like people you know, who are living in the kingdom of God. When, when there are these obvious things in the church that maybe don't look like church people. And these are things that the world points out to the church all the time. I mean, the world is always saying, that's why I don't go to church. Like, because there's hypocrites in the church. So if you see something, then you should approach your brother or sister um, alone. Like, if you have a problem with someone, you go to that person. And that is straight from the words of Jesus. Jesus says that. You should go to someone that you have the problem with. And then what happens if the problem can't be resolved? Well, then it says you should have two others go along with you. So you've got two to three witnesses here. So it's not just he said, she said, or she said, she said, or whatever. And then you should try to help bring the person kind of back to um what we believe, you know, the kingdom of God is about. So whatever the situation is, if someone's obviously kind of straying from the path, let's say they're murdering someone, well, that's pretty obvious um, that that's not right, but they're trying to justify it, or they've committed adultery or something, they're trying to justify it, then the idea is to go to them and try to restore them one-to-one uh, -one at first and then bring some witnesses. Um, and then it says if they continue to refuse to listen, 
then you should treat them like a Gentile or tax collector. So first of all, this is a hard thing for me to see Jesus saying because Jesus ate with Gentiles and tax collectors and prostitutes. And he actually said, they're coming into the kingdom of God ahead of you. So what it means is there is a time when if someone is causing such a disruption in community, there, there are times to set boundaries and say, hey, you know, maybe this isn't the place or whatever. Um, and I think, you know, in church services and worship, we want everyone to be welcome. We want to be an open, inviting community. But if someone's coming to intentionally harm the whole flock, then at some point there has to be some, someone who stands in and kind of says, hey, uh, we need to talk about this. And then if the person won't listen, there, there has to be some uh, healthy boundary. And I would say this is a passage that you have to be really careful with because a lot of people take this and run with it. And that's why, first of all, when it raises questions when I first read it, I'm not going to make this my whole doctrine of church. <laughs> I'm not going to be like, okay, good. Now I can just go tell everybody what's going on with them. And if they don't like it, they can get out. And, and people have done that kind of stuff. That's what I'm saying. That's why it's dangerous to read Scripture without understanding some of the nuances, some of the layers of Scripture. Um, people will take one verse like this, pull it out of context, of everything else Jesus did and everything else Jesus said, and they will, they'll make a whole doctrine out of it. And so they think they're supposed to go around the church telling everybody what's wrong with them. When Jesus clearly says, don't judge lest you be judged. And if the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. So, so we have to weigh scripture against itself. But there is a point here um, that says, you know, there has to be some kind of order if you're going to have a community. If someone's damaging the community, then try to restore them. Don't just kick them out. Try to restore them. But if they just continually won't be restored, maybe there's a time for a healthy boundary. Um, and then he, he gives them the authority to kind of administer the church. Whatever you bind on earth will, will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then he, he says these famous verses. Again, whatever two or three of you at whatever you agree on on earth whatever you ask it will be done for you by my father for where two or three are gathered in my name i am there among them so we know that god is here right now in my backyard and i am by myself and we know that god is with us all the time but what does that mean uh, there's something about gathering together and it's been all throughout the history of the church the, the, the faith was not meant to be lived alone. And so there is a, a way that God is with us together that God is not with us alone. Not that it's more special or that it's, it's better necessarily, although it is, there's, there's an encouragement, there's a unity, there's this sense of how could we even live out the commands of God if we weren't with the people of God? Like how can we love our neighbor if we're not with our neighbor? And so... There is this sense that God meets with us as we meet together. And that's why the early church is consistently saying, don't give up on meeting together. But I think what this text tells us is when we meet together, sometimes it will get messy. Uh, sometimes not everyone's going to agree on everything. Sometimes people are just going to go a little bit off the rails and could harm the community. And at that point, you want to be gentle, but you also want to protect the community.
And so uh, I would say to you, if you've been hurt by a church who kind of took this and ran with it, that I'm sorry that happened to you. Like, I know that people take scriptures like this and use them as weapons. Um, like I said, as soon as I read it, I have a couple of question marks. So I'm not going to make it the doctrine that I base my faith on. I think love God and love your neighbor would be a, a doctrine that I would base my whole faith on. Like, that's the greatest commandment. Um, but... I do think it's important that we meet together. I do think it's a reality that anytime, I don't care what community is, if it's a community that has no, no uh, semblance of faith in any kind of deity, any community on this earth that gets together will have conflict. And what this, uh, what this scripture is saying is, is how can we deal with that conflict in the best way? And um, that, that you have been given the authority, Jesus says, to his disciples to administer the church. Um, but we, I think we need to be careful with that authority, that we don't take it as a license um, to just be the police of everyone. Because ultimately we know God is the judge of all people. So today in your relationships, I would say one thing to you, I always encourage you this, find a church community to love people, to be loved. Some of my greatest joys have been in the church community. Some of the greatest people I've had the privilege of knowing um, just good, loving, kind people. Um, and it might get messy from time to time. But I think Jesus is saying, don't give up on it. Here's a little process for helping to deal with that thing. Uh, but try to do it in love. Try to do everything you can to keep everyone in the flock. Uh, but maybe there's some time to set healthy boundaries. And I think that's true in our personal lives as well. Uh, that if someone is continually just causing harm to us, obviously there's a time to set some healthy boundaries. I don't know that G Jesus would have said treat them like a Gentile or tax collector because I think Jesus probably ate with those people as much as anybody. But I think the early church, uh, some people in the early church might have said that. And so I think maybe Matthew's, uh, maybe he's editorializing here. Like I said, I couldn't find enough on it to, to confirm that. But just as I read it, there's enough question uh, to say. Um, let's hold this a little lightly. And some scripture that we don't understand, we, we have to kind of take it for what it's worth, find the good in it, and not make a doctrine out of something that, that could potentially be harmful to people. And I think that's my biggest concern uh, when people take one scripture like this. So today, love the people you're with. Find a, find a community to be a part of. Don't expect it to be perfect, because as long as there are humans there, um, it won't be. Hey, that's just a thought for this morning, and I hope you have a great day. Well, thanks again for joining us for this morning meditation. Hey, do us a favor. Rate us on iTunes, or even leave some feedback about our podcast so that other listeners can know how much you enjoy your morning meditations. Hey, have a great day.